Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Casual and the Diehards. And if you're looking at this podcast feed, the Senzo Podcast podcast feed, and you're seeing these two back-to-back NBA shows, I do want to just give a little bit of housekeeping. Have no fear. NFL, End Zone Podcast, we are back. Um, we, we are fully back on Sunday. So, uh, that'll be cool. Um, we'll have Brad and Mason back. We'll do a bunch of talk about what we've heard coming out of the combine and kind of doing some preview stuff and maybe we'll get some trades by Saturday. Who knows? Although I think the trades are maybe coming next week. But yes, that's the update on the football podcast coming back very soon. But for right now, it's the casual and the diehards, the NBA podcast on this feed. Joined tonight by Aramis and Ethan. Boys, what's up? How we doing? Um what up, what up, what up? Yep. I feel like uh it's good to chat with you guys, not like months apart. It's nice to have these kind of uh turnarounds. Um yes, I noticed sir. some mm-hmm. in, some interesting uh new notes on this um on this uh podcast uh cheat sheet. I guess I should have put this in the Discord. But I, I didn't think about that, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but here I am, staying, getting pwned by technology. Aramis, how are you? You know, I'm alive. Well, you know, blessed to be here every day and whatnot, especially with you and Ethan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Let's start with our favorite segment here, where we emotionally check in with our favorite teams. Let's start with you Aramis how you feeling how 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 we feeling about the magic stretch run here as good as you can man you know um well Bancaro won um another went ahead and won another uh eastern rookie of the rookie of the month so you know what I'm saying can never be disappointed in that um but I don't know the the, the three-point shooting numbers from this rookie class especially him and um, look pretty, look pretty sad. So that was a sad stat to learn this week. But they're the magic, man. They're not losing as much as they should be. They're winning. They're winning an okay amount. You know, just we're just we're just in the middle of the shit, and that's all it is. Okay, that's for magic. Uh, the Jazz. I'll just say this: feels like they've kind of got a chance to naturally tank right now. Uh, they just lost to the Spurs the other night. Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton not expected to play against the Thunder tomorrow. Feels like a little bit of a losing skid could be in the cards. I also was looking at their upcoming schedule here, and it's kind of nuts how many good teams they play after uh, they get through the Thunder uh, uh, here. Then they end up playing their next five games after that. Uh, the Mavericks, the Magic, the Hornets, the Heat, and the Celtics. A lot of good teams. Well, let's be honest. The Hornets, not a good team. But the Magic, you know, about the same level as the Jazz. That game was close when they played in Salt Lake City. Um, But it does feel like right now is the time where if they were going to try and sit guys 
and kind of tried to organically tank, now would be the time because they've just got some tough games coming up. And after the Celtics, it's the Kings, the Trailblazers, the Bucks, the Kings, and the Suns again. So it's kind of a brutal final stretch here in the next 10 games for the Jazz. But I can't be hurt anymore. I know what they are, and uh, I'm I'm feeling okay. Uh, progress has been made, and we're just on to the off season for the Jazz. I'm I'm on to different NBA teams at, at this point. But that those are my thoughts on the Jazz. Aramis, any 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 thoughts as a Jazz fan yourself? I man, just keep keep doing their thing. Keep keep losing games. I get I don't know. Too late to tank. Too late to care. So whatever. Yeah, kind of a weird strap they had carrying so much early. And now it seems like the tank's coming. So I guess, I guess, like, try to get a top 10 pick. Like, that, that'd be kind of cool, I, I guess. Top 10 would be nice. Uh, if they lose, if they, if they lost, like, of their next 10, if they went, like, three and seven, they'd have pretty good odds at, like, a top 10 pick. Right, Ethan? Yeah, I mean, you're not really going to be catching the bottom of the league. Like, there's like, you know, we've we've gone over this, but there's like the four or five really, really bad teams. The Jazz are, that ship has sailed. But if they can try to get under like Portland, New Orleans, the Wizards, Raptors, whoever, like those middle of the pack teams, the Jazz can get underneath that. They're giving themselves pretty decent odds at like maybe a top six or seven pick if the balls bounce their way. But, you know, it's all just random at the end of the day. So, yeah. So, that's how I'm feeling. Warriors playing right now, Ethan. Currently down yeah. 42 to 36. Saw some good news about today. I was checking the ESPN injury reports. Sounds like they expect Steph to be back at some point, maybe as soon as Sunday. It, it will be Sunday. Chris Haynes reported that during the game, uh, just before we started recording. He said, barring any setback, he intends to come back on Sunday versus the Lakers. Uh, so that would be huge. The vibes are good with the Warriors right now. They've won three in a row. Um, it feels like they're kind of getting back to Warriors basketball again. You know, this stretch, big comeback win versus Portland, uh, late comeback win versus the Timberwolves. Both of those are crucial games against teams that are, you know, relatively close to them in the standings. Pretty much every team in the West is clumped in there, but they needed those wins. Um, really, really good ones. Uh, you have a back-to-back tonight. You know, this game against the Clippers is big. Play the Pelicans tomorrow. Try to snag one of those two. Get Steph back on Sunday. Keep the ball rolling. So, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, feels like they're starting to play better. Curry's coming back. You know, hopefully whatever Wiggins is dealing with, he can get back soon. It's a family matter. You know, he needs to take his time away, but, you know, hopefully everything's all right with him and he can make it back soon. Um, and then maybe Gary Payton the second down the stretch as well. We can get a full healthy team. And I promise you nobody wants to see him in the playoffs. So that's where we're at. You are getting him back at the perfect time, man. Really? Uh, really, after the Lakers and Thunder stretch, you're going to run into the Grizzlies, Bucks, and Suns. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Jeez, They're going to need him. <laughs> okay. I like to have these questions on Warriors role players for you often. Obviously, they're one of the most popular teams of our generation. Uh, but sometimes I just like to check in on random guys that I followed in college but now play on. NBA teams and uh for that for the Warriors it's Dante DiVincenzo uh to me tonight he's looked pretty average tonight uh but 
what what's Dante DiVincenzo bringing to the Warriors these days? He is so awesome, man. I love DiVincenzo. It, 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 I think it's the steal of the offseason, you know, potentially like he signing him on a cheap contract, the production that he's given for the Warriors off the bench and, you know, as a spot starter when he needs to, he's good defensively, keeps the ball moving. He's shooting like 45% from three, something crazy. Um, really smart player, doesn't make a ton of mistakes. You know, you can really see that Villanova college experience that he's had um, shining through in these big moments. So um, I'm, I'm happy for Dante. He's going to get a big contract in the offseason, and it's not going to be from the Warriors. So he's going to end up leaving. Um, but he, he's a key role player. They, you know, they would not be in nearly as good of a spot without him. He's been one of their most consistent players all season. So really, really solid get for the Warriors there. Underrated part of Jordan Poole's game, his offensive rebounding. I've been watching a little, I've watched the last three Warriors games and it does feel like he's just always in the right spots for the offensive boards, which is something kind of unique for a point guard to have. So, uh, I, I or a, whatever he is point forward or, or whatever, whatever position you want to classify guard, whatever. Jordan Poole as. Yeah, he and he's been good the last couple of games. They've needed him to play better. Um, Poole's kind of not had the best season, in my opinion. Um, he kind of takes these really bad heat check threes a lot of the time. He'd be closer to like 40% from three instead of 33 um, if he didn't take stupid heat checks. But you got to live with it, I guess. <laughs> I love Poole. He's, he's been good. So Yeah. So that's the Warriors. And now we get to the rest of the podcast. There are some notes here that I, I did not get to, uh, that I did not put in there, but I, I feel like we, we should talk about. Uh, Nate McMillan out as the Atlanta Hawks head coach, replaced by our dear sweet boys, uh, Quinn Snyder. Um, how are we feeling about the new look Hawks? I know they've only had like two games, basically, and I think they've lost both, right? Um, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but, you know, in a macro sense, I think it's good to get Quinn Snyder there. I think he's a better coach than Nate McMillan was. I just, my big takeaway from this is that Trey Young is a bona fide coach killer. They've been through what, like three or four coaches in his five seasons in the league. Like, it just seems like he's always wanting to cycle through to the next guy and make big trades. And I don't know if I'm super confident in Trey Young as the leader of a team. That's kind of my, my takeaway here. Mm. so that's the thing with them right like perfect fit from a like outside perspective being the jasmine that we are over here in utah um seeing quinn snyder actually bring and inject a lot of energy in their teams passing the ball around getting it moving all that stuff stuff we were hoping trey would be more open to doing with uh murray up there and down there in atl but um just hasn't worked and what it, like you said, isn't this the same MO? Uh, it was all happy go lucky when Nate McMillan got there and then it turned sour real quick. Uh, we'll, see. Yep. Yeah, we'll it, see. It seems to be how things go in Atlanta. They they get a new coach, the vibes are good, and then they continue to lose. I mean, everybody's going to point to that run they had to the conference finals a few years ago, and, and that was nice, but they haven't really done anything outside of that, you know? So I'm curious to see where this team's going to head. If there's going to be maybe big moves, I know they already made the big trade to get DeJounte Murray, but they're still a 500 basketball team. So we'll see where they go from here. Yeah. I mean, things could always be worth. They could have drafted that bum in Dallas, but oh well. <laughs> the other news out of the league, uh, both ball 
uh, brothers pretty much out for the rest of the season, right? Lonzo Ball, they shut him down. Yeah. Uh, but that was the other news the other day that LaMelo Ball has a fractured ankle, uh, which is going to put him out for the rest of the year. So big loss for the big baller brand. Really tough for them. I mean, what would we do without big baller brand and their $300 shoes? Like, where would we be as a society without the Ball Brothers? Uh, <laughs> tragic. Hope they come back next year bigger and better than ever. I, I'm and worried yeah. about Lonzo. I Like, this injury, uh, you know, the reporting is that it's not good. He still has pain. Like, he was really good for the Bulls in the half season that he played for them. He was, like, the glue that held it together. And I really liked watching him play. He's developed into a really good player. But, you know, I hope he can get back. I'm worried that it might be career ending if they can't figure out this knee thing. Cause it, it just seems really scary. Yeah. They have no idea. They have no idea what it is. Like they said, it's like a phenomenon, whatever's going on with them. But on the other side of that coin with LaMelo, man, y'all saw the clip, right. Of him just not yeah. getting his ankle turned or anything like that. Weird. Just hard plant and fracture. out of nowhere. Oh my God. I didn't, I thought it was just an ankle sprain. Cause I know he had the injuries this past season, but I didn't know, like, when it came out, it was a fracture, man. That's just, there's something up with him, man. I don't know what That's it tough. is. Maybe. I, I read that it could perhaps be because that they played on concrete a lot growing up. Like, they would play outdoors. LeVar had him playing on concrete. And, you know, the effects of that are maybe being felt now. I, you know, obviously, I'm not a doctor, but that's just maybe potentially a reason it could be. I don't know. Hmm. So, tough. Yeah, tough for Weird. both of those guys. Weird theories. Sorry to the Ball Brothers. Hope they get back and better. And yeah, I, I did not know that the Lonzo Ball situation was that serious. Um, but hopefully it's not career ending. That did kind of suck. He's kind of low key carved out a nice little NBA career for himself after being kind of this uber overhyped pros, uh, prospect. So uh, hopefully he gets back okay. Um, all right. I wanted to talk this episode is mainly going to be about what we've seen uh, over the last few days and then what we'll see this weekend. It does feel like the games are, are different now after the All-Star break. There's a playoff intensity going on. These are like really good basketball games that are really tight, that are be, being played at a really high level. And so that that brings my first question that I didn't have written down, but I just wanted to ask you guys how you feel about it because I know this is a big basketball, you know, kind of off-season topic sometimes. Would you guys shorten the regular season? Because it does feel like the sport we are seeing be played right now is completely different from the one we saw from – October to basically the end of January. Yes, I would shorten it immediately to about what 75, 76 in that 70 range of games for two main reasons. One, because the players don't care. And if it's trickled down to the fans, man, a lot of people just not messing with the product that's on the floor because they're nothing to, I, I mean, seeding maybe, but unless you're having a disaster season, there's nothing. For the teams that are that for the top teams to play for throughout this regular season, there's going to be some amazing games, amazing highlights, and stuff. But I just think it would be to the league's benefit for conversation in general to shorten the regular season a little bit. 
make games think, matter more. Yeah, I think it's tough because ideally they would shorten it just so that players would play more. But would that necessarily solve the problem? I'm not sure. Like, you know, a lot of people are blaming the players themselves for sitting out. Perhaps some blame rests there, but maybe it's just the medical staffs now. These players are worth millions of dollars. You know, you don't want them getting hurt at the wrong time. So if there's any sort of injury risk, a guy is going to be held out. We've we've seen that frequently. Um, so I'm not sure if shortening the season would help that or not. Teams might just still try to hold players out. Maybe there's a financial incentive for games played, but that's not a perfect solution either. Um, the league really has, you know, cause you guys are right. Like the fans kind of check out during the middle of the season as do the players. Um, I mean, depends on how good your team is, stuff like that. But you know, we all know the dog days of the NBA season are long. So it's just a hard problem to solve. And I don't know if there's one simple solution, but I think it's become pretty clear that something is probably going to be done about it relatively soon because it's become a big talking point for the last couple of years now. And I think it's kind of coming to a head right now as, as pretty much everybody's talking about it. So. All right. Okay. Let's talk about some of the big oh, games. Oh, 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 hold on. What What's do up? you think about this, man? Come on now, Eric. You are the casual fan. We're trying to get into the sport. Come on now, my brother. You know, I do think it would be better if it was a shorter season. I think that if, and I think you could shorten it very easily by like taking basically the football portion of the year. Like we all know football is kind of a king sport. Take the schedule that you already have through from October through December and just cut out the weekend games. Like just cut out the weekend games, let football be king, let the ratings be yours during the week, televised nationally televised games on weeknights, you know, get now that's a tough sell for owners because that's when people come to games or weekends. But like, if you cut out those six to seven games, probably 10 over those three months on weekends for each team, you're down to like 70 ish games. And then you pick up and you have the second half of the season matter more. I think a perfect season looks like between like 62 and 70 games that that would be my my ideal um season length for the nba and for that matter for like a, a sport like the nhl as well like the nhl season is is very long as well but uh yeah i, I think i'd like to see it be like between like 62 and 70 games i i think that's living in a fantasy world because i just don't think the tv partners and the owners are ever going to agree to that many less games just because the revenue per game is, you know, what funds the league. So I don't know. You you might lose out on money on a TV deal, obviously ticket sales. It's just, it's really, really tough to get everybody to agree. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are all fair points. Okay. Let's get into the basketball. Last night, Celtics Cavs was kind of a blowout. Final score was a little bit closer than it actually was. But my question is this. I think that we're on course for this to be like a second round matchup. Like I, I, I do think that this 
is I think the Celtics are probably going to finish as the one seed. The Cavs will probably finish as four seed. And I think this could very well be a second round matchup. Do you guys see, feel like we're on that kind of collision course too? Like I, I do feel like the series we're on a crash course for right now in the East in the second round are, are Philly, Milwaukee and Boston, Cleveland. See, I, I would have said that a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, looking at the standings now, Milwaukee's actually a half game ahead of Boston. They've won like 15 in a row or something, 16 in a row yeah, now. crazy. So Milwaukee could snag the one seed. Maybe Boston gets back there. And looking at the Cavs, they're only, you know, one game up on the Knicks now who have won seven in a row. So maybe the Knicks have something to say about that. But it, it could very well happen. Um, it, it, we could end up getting the 1-4 and that would be the second round, but you know, things are, are tightening up a little bit in the East, which is good. It makes for a fun stretch run. Yeah, I was going to say, man, um, I, your, your Celtics, I think wouldn't their matchup be with the Heat? They'd have to go through them, and they've been – they split the season series. I know the Heat have not been good. They lost their last five games in a row. Not not a good strength from them. But playoff, the, in the playoffs, they do like to show up and show out, and they have – they split the season series with the Celtics. They're gonna play them tough. I think the I think that's one of the teams I would not want to see, man. If I'm the Celtics, if I'm the Celtics specifically, I don't want to run up against Jimmy Butler and them with their weird Miami Heat voodoo coming down on me. Yeah, but you're always so in on the Heat. Like that's a common theme of this podcast. Like we've done this enough episodes now that I'm starting to develop themes. And one is that you're always way too high on the Heat, Aramis. Like, I understand no. that they've been good in the playoffs over the past few years. But, like, they tr- – like, okay, wh- what do they really have? It's like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo playing defense. Like, that. that's it. They don't, they don't really have – how are they going to compete with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and a guy like Sam Hauser who's playing really well right now? And Grant Williams and oh by the way oh what's his face Afro guy uh nine former what? Spur Derek White Derek White who has been playing great basketball by the way recently I've been on the Celtics a lot um but I I don't know I I, I don't I, I don't buy I don't buy the Heat are gonna turn it around in the playoffs argument. So so no, I don't want to. I don't want to come off as foolish as saying that. I think they are gonna be more annoying than to Boston than they should be. I think they're gonna go more of a play, more of a playoff series than they should. The Heat, the Celtics should win, but I think it's gonna be a dumber, a dumber. It's gonna be dumber than it should be. That's all I'm saying, man. But you're right. right. I am. I'm ignorant. All right. That I mean, that, that could that could be fair. Um. They did count for three. Ethan is visibly upset about that. Uh, God damn it. Yeah. Gotta close out. Kelly <laughs> Kawhi open. Now we're yeah. down 11. Yeah, it's it, it's not looking great for Warriors tonight yeah, they, at least. They've come back from worse. They, they did it two days ago, so that is keep true. the faith. Keep the yeah. faith. That is true. That was a wild game. We'll get to the Blazers in a little bit. Uh, no, I, I, I do feel like Celtics Cavs, though, that would be a playoff series I'd be really interested in. I do want to bring up a concern with the Cavs. Um, are either of you worried just about like Donovan Mitchell's overall durability? 
because over the past 20 or so games ish he has just not played that much and he picked up a groin injury it sounds like last night against Boston it feels like he has just been really hurt for the second he's had a couple of groin things this year I think he had one earlier this season so it's a little concerning yeah we'll see I mean Mitchell like he was pretty healthy for his time with the Jazz like didn't really have any major injuries but Feels like you know. he's missed a lot, whether it be low management or or whatever. It feels like he's missed a lot of games with the Cavs this year. Like some nights he just doesn't end up playing, and that's fine. We've got depth there, but still, I feel like in a playoff series you need Donovan Mitchell. Like that's a main driver of success. So hopefully, they continue to manage his workload and he's back fully healthy for come playoff time. But it it, it is just something to monitor down the stretch here all right the other thing i wanted to talk about aramis got front row seat to this last night another huge Giannis night i know he sat out a few games but the knee looks totally fine to me had a big game against brooklyn had a big game against the magic listen i just have a question here let's just acknowledge that we all probably think Nikola Jokic is winning the MVP. But are we kind of sleeping on what Giannis has done this year? It feels like the numbers he's we've gotten to the point where his greatness is being kind of normalized. But he is averaging like close to 35 points a game at this point. It's it's pretty insane. Yeah. Um Giannis, I mean, he's kind of, to me, in the category now where, like, Steph was for a couple of years and where LeBron was for a couple of years and KD. Like, we acknowledge these guys are, you know, one of the top three, two players in the NBA. They're going to put up huge stats every season. The team's going to be really good, but don't necessarily have the narrative on their side. Um, At the end of the day, the MVP is so much about narratives and so much about you know, who people are talking about to win the award and not necessarily who deserves it. Not saying that Jokic doesn't, but I I just think that everybody's kind of already decided that Jokic is going to be the MVP. And so Giannis is going to put up 30 and 10 every night for the rest of the season, but yeah, it might just not matter, (laughs) you know? Yeah, no, no doubt, man. Ethan is dead on with that. Um, he's graduated from MVPs to championship rings is what's going to be the biggest judge of his career. And, I mean, that's not a bad place to be if I'm Giannis doing what he's doing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's that's totally fair. I just do think, by the way, it's not 35 points. It's more like 31. But it is pretty insane that he's ha- this good every single night. Uh, I just feel like sometimes we sleep on him a regular season. And like you, you have mentioned, Ethan, the Bucks are just playing really well right now, even when he's not on the court. It has been like 16 straight or so at this point. It's it's very, very impressive, and uh, it's just always fun to watch Giannis. And, I mean, he's, he's such an interesting guy, too. Did either of you watch uh, his interview? I didn't know the show still was in, in production. Um, did either of you watch his interview on The Daily Show the other day? I, I saw the clip of him... Yeah quote-unquote, calling out KD and Jokic and stuff, just, you know, the jokes they yeah. fed for him. I, I was a little surprised that 
he said that on air because it feels like that's like ammo for Twitter people for the next five years. Yeah, those clips were obviously out of context. So if you watch the whole thing, he like basically reneges on every single one of them. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I didn't come up with think like, and the bit is kind of he's re- reluctant to do all of it. Which, which I thought was kind of interesting, but it was a really fascinating interview. He's just a really interesting guy. Like uh, Hassan Minaj brought out a bunch of like sugary snacks, basically, that he had Giannis and Kumbo drive for the first time. And like the guy loves junk food. I mean, I, I, I got to respect him for that. Yeah, there, there was like when oh he first God. came over, like his first or second year in the league, he was like, I just had a smoothie. You guys yeah. have smoothies in the U.S. That's God incredible. Bless USA, yeah, great. A, it's a great it's impossible to hate Giannis, man. He's just he's a likable guy. I'm always gonna cheer for him. So, yeah, I just I, I think it's interesting how he's faded into okay. We just expect this now, but he 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 has been pretty insane this year. Aramis, any final thoughts on Giannis? He's the he's the greatest, like y'all said. He has beef with Chick Fil A because they didn't give him his fifty nuggets after the finals. So how can you not love that guy, man? Come on now. All right. One thing I did not watch last night, regrettably, only saw the box score for this. KD returns. I'm sure one of you two watched this. Um, although the guy who had the big night was Devin Booker. What does this KD? return meme for Booker because I, I do think there is a chance that defenses just start keying on on KD and Devin Booker has like career numbers down the stretch here. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they work it out. Like just off of the one game, I, I was kind of flipping around game hopping last night. So I caught parts of it, but I think that the Suns like, Obviously, they're going to be really good. And Booker and KD are both elite shot creators. And, you know, both of them are going to take a lot of shots. I don't think Booker's numbers are going to dip at all. I mean, it, it's just going to be fascinating to see how they work it in and, and you know, how many shots each of them are going to be taking and, you know, the percentages and all that. Is Booker going to get more open looks, like you kind of mentioned, because teams are doubling KD or whatever? I'll be interested to see how they kind of work it out because, you know, we've gone over this, but the bench is not deep and, and they're going to need those two to be like pretty sensational, especially in the playoffs, if they're going to win against the good teams in the West. Um, And you've got Chris Paul kind of being the floor general and getting them all to their right spots. So, you know, I I think this team's going to be really good. Um, We'll see what it means for Booker. I think I'm going to have to see a couple more games before I can really say anything about that. For, so I think you brought up a great point, man. I think that, yeah, they are going to see a couple more games, but the way that they play the game, the way they see the game, they're just going to be getting each other, like, helping. They're going to – of course, Kevin Durant, he's going to be helping everybody get a lot more open shots. I think the biggest key to them down the stretch is that going to actually be Chris Paul setting everybody up and getting people in their places that they're going to need to be. KD and Devin Booker are going to be able to do their thing all the time and get open. I think Chris Paul – uh, dishing the ball out and getting it to where it needs to go and getting it moving is going to really help it not be a kind of a stagnated option. It's just uh, your turn, my turn between Booker and um, KD. I think that he's the key for that type of stuff with it, with the team. And that's going to be what takes him over the edge. 
And, and we know that KD can play an emotion offense. It doesn't have to be just your turn, my turn, ISO, ISO, ISO. Like we've seen him with the Warriors. He kind of did some of it with Brooklyn. Like I think, you know, teams, in my opinion, are at their best when the ball is hopping around and, and you know, everybody get everybody eats in sort of ways. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful that the Suns can kind of work it out. And I think Monty Williams is a good coach, so I think he'll figure it out. Oh, no, most definitely, man, most definitely. They're going to be good. Yeah, I, I ju- I'm just interested to see how it goes. How did KD look? He always seems to come back from these injuries, basically the same old KD. Did, did he yeah. look that way? He he looked plenty fine. Um, you know, didn't play a ton of minutes, 23 points. You know, he can do that in his sleep. Um, he looked like KD, you know. Okay, that's good. Positive. All right, let's get to it here. The, the one that I know Aramis is really excited to talk about. Uh, Damian Lillard. Dame just keeps falling. Uh, but, not well, not the Timberwolves, but the Trailblazers. Keep losing, and uh, Dame doesn't seem to be leaving anytime soon. They just put out ESPN Plus just put out another article this week about how he's committed to basically retiring a, a trailblazer. Uh, so my question to both of you is this: What do? Let's just assume the trailblazers probably don't make the playoffs this year because they probably won't. What do they need to do this off season to get? playoff eligible because it's not like they're totally out of assets they still have first round picks and and things like that should they be one of these teams where if someone gets disgruntled this off season they should really go out and, and try to pursue them I, I i know portland's a small market but you could trade for a guy on a one-year deal and try to put it together with dame and, and see what happens but really, his numbers over the past five games are what I want to talk about as well. 39 points, 26 points, 71 points, 25 points, 41 points. And he went, the Trailblazers went two and three in that stretch. What, what, like, what do they need to do? I mean, this guy is playing at an MVP level right now. And they, they just... Do not win basketball games, Aramis. I I know you have thoughts on this. You know he is just a veteran. He's the vet on that team now, man. He's it's a crew full of young guys, young explosive, athletic guys. Um, is it Shaden Sharp that's going off dunking on everybody, going crazy? He's like so He's they good. have talent. That kid's good. No, no doubt, man. They, they have talent, but that talent is not caught up uh, maturity wise with where he's at in his career. So. They, if they want to do it, they are going to want to bring somebody in for them. Like, I don't know if they could have ended up doing a similar trade package, but the disgruntled uh, superstar Olympics kind of just uh, ended with Kevin Durant going to the Suns. So maybe they could have made a move for him. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they do. And I'll say, I don't know really who they target. I mean, maybe LeBron will want to go play up in Portland after he's done with the Lakers. But, uh, but like, Good luck with that. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think I think Dame is making the case for him to be the greatest player to never win a ring, and that's how it's gonna go. I, I feel like we have this conversation every single year with the Blazers. It's like, what can they do to build around Damian Lillard? And like 
they just sit there and they like try to get all these athletes like like the team right now i i understand like the idea like they got these like long wings that are good defensively you can kind of surround dame with you don't need a dominant big man you can kind of just play five out guys who can shoot guys who can pass you know and and play solid defense but it's just i i i don't know if it's going to work there i just don't see like what kind of like outside of getting another star somehow um, you know, like a true bona fide star. Um, but I just, I, I'm not sure, like, unless, we, you know, Shaden Sharp develops quickly into an all-star level player or, you know, Anthony Simons, I think he is what he is at this point, which is a pretty good number three option. But I, I just wish the Blazers had a path to like really feel like they had a contender around Lillard, but it feels like they've been the same team for 10 years and they, they they're just not going to get it done with this roster. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just kind of sad. Uh, obviously, Damian Lillard has a special place in the hearts of most Utahns and people who live in Utah, being a Weber State legend and everything. But it, it's just tough. I, I I really hope that at some point he gets back to the playoffs at least. And who knows? Maybe maybe once he's in his Chris Paul years, he'll still be this good, and the talent will catch up. But it, it it's just a little bit sad and it's, it's yeah one, let me get one thing quick on Lillard too is the like in the Warriors game the other night Blazers shredded them in the first half and then in the second half Steve Kerr went to the box and one and the box and one is something that typically does not work at the NBA level because that's basically they face guard Lillard like you know, have a guy on him way out 30, 35 feet away from the basket, take him completely out of the game and make the other guys beat you. And nobody else could make a damn shot um, in order to get the Blazers, you know, stop the Warriors momentum, get them back in the game. So that just kind of tells you where this team is at right now. It's just Lillard, please save us. And he's so good that sometimes he can, but they just don't have anything else. Yeah, it's tough. One thing I did want to add was the TNT game that just ended before this one because I, I thought it was interesting. Sixers Mavs tonight, you finally kind of saw it, but the vision of the Mavericks, like this is why they traded for Kyrie. They said like, okay, there are going to be nights where both these guys drop 40 points and we're going to be able to score close to 140 points and just fall out. But I'm going to make a counter-argument here and say I still do not buy this at all. I still think this is going to end in total disaster because at one point tonight they had, I believe it was like a 27-point lead on the Sixers, and the Sixers were able to get back within like eight by the end of the game. They just do not have anyone on the team that can play defense, and that's going to be a real problem when the playoffs start up. I, I don't know, Ethan. Like, I, I just think it's kind of – I don't know. I just think it's kind of hilarious. They, I mean, they traded away all the defense – what the little defense that they had on their team for a guy who can't guard. You know, like, I, I get it. I see the vision. And, like, I was going to kind of talk about this with the Suns too, like – you make these big in-season trades to kind of get the guy in the building. And it's not necessarily for the stretch run of this year. I think the off season is when they can kind of restructure the roster to build more properly around Kyrie and Luca. Same way that the Suns oh, can. Hold with on. KD. You did not just say that though. 
around Kyrie Irving? Maybe he comes back. Maybe he comes back. Okay, that's a fair argument. Like, KD, like, he can absolutely get lured in by the Suns and they can say, hey, man, here's here's a huge contract. Like, stick with us. We'll build around you. Like, stay with Book. But, like, Kyrie Irving, there is, like, a greater than 60% chance that in two months, in the middle of a playoff run, he does something crazy and Luke is like, okay, I can't play with this guy anymore. I want out. <laughs> like, you what might are be we right, talking dude. about? You might here? be right. But again, like, they they made the trade that they could make, you know, get the star in the building and hopefully you can get some wing defenders in, in the offseason because I'm just looking at the guys who played tonight. Reggie Bullock, old and slow. Dwight Powell, old and slow. Maxi Kleba, old and slow. Christian Wood, not a good defender. Tim Hardaway, he, he's just a catch-and-shoot player. I mean, he has some on-ball creation, but, like, they have no good defenders outside of Josh Green, who's been a revelation the last couple of weeks. But, like, they just don't have anybody who can stay in front of the ball. Like, maybe Justin Holiday, a buyout guy, but really? Like, come on. So I'm kind of with you. I don't see this team being able to keep up um, when teams can kind of key in. Like, they're hoping that they can make enough shots that it doesn't matter, but you have to be able to guard somebody. Like, And, like, it's such a huge gamble to be like, okay, to win in the playoffs, Luca and Kyrie, you both have to drop like over 35 points each every single night. That's such a huge gamble. It's just not going to work. I mean, and their coach is so bad. Like, why is he not starting Christian Wood? Like, why is Christian Wood coming off the bench for them right now? Like, wh- what is happening in Dallas? No, you, you, yo, you both are right, homeboy. Uh, if you need 40 points to be 40 points each from your two top players, it's not going to work in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, I guess Kyrie did it in one series in the finals, but that's not going to happen. That ain't going to happen for him and Luka, no doubt. And I mean, no, man, this is, this ain't good. This was, in hindsight, 2020, this was probably a mistake by Dallas, and this might end up doing them in with, with if Luka is agitated and irritated with the franchise, like, and this doesn't work out, what's his incentive to stay in Dallas? Yeah, like... Outside of love, you know? This is, like, just so... We are just so clearly watching something that is going to totally implode over the next four months. It's kind of entertaining. <laughs> so, uh, that you, was... You act, you're acting like Kyrie's going to last that long, bro. He's got packed... He already got his... Uh, house, uh, he already house hunting in LA, so I don't know what you're talking about. He's four months old, bro. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Speaking of LA, second topic here today, very briefly, then we'll get to awards. And then I actually have a lot of games I want to talk about in predictions because I feel like we can cover the league a lot that way. Uh, LeBron's injury. What, okay, what what's next for the Lakers here? Because they clearly basically needed to, like I said our last podcast, they needed to come out of the All-Star break and win like seven straight to to be in contention. And they kind of did that. They, they won some games right after the All-Star break, but then they have this huge comeback against the Mavericks, like, but LeBron hurts his foot. And now they're like, okay, we're going to reevaluate in three three weeks and it sounds like he's got a broken foot i have conspiracy theories as a lebron hater but but i'll I'll keep those to myself but like realistically what's happening with the lakers here and like is lebron gonna stick around this offseason 
Like it, it does kind of feel like things have played out with this group. Like it feels like everyone kind of needs a change of scenery. I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I feel bad for the Los Angeles Lakers because I think they won the trade deadline. I, you know, you can have criticisms of Rob Polink as a GM, but I think he did a great job with what they had. Um, I think this team, this roster is clearly much better than it was a month ago. Um, and they were playing well. And then LeBron goes down, you know, they're already, they dug themselves such a big hole and, and they need to go on a streak to get into the playoffs. And without LeBron, maybe they can do it. Anthony Davis is playing well lately, but who's to say he doesn't pick up a little, you know, another injury over the next couple of weeks. So they're going to need to make a run. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just really tough. Just a bad timing, bad, bad, bad timing. Forgive me, forgive me if I'm wrong, but isn't AD out, out already? Did he have to sit out at that? I, I, I don't think he played. Was it last night or maybe, t- yeah, maybe not, tomorrow? Not they're they're holding him out of the next game, which I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's just maintenance. It's probably just one of those load management things. But they don't I have don't room to do that anymore, though. Yeah, like they <laughs> literally the don't have room to lose two more games. Like if they lose two more games, they're probably not a playoff team. I mean, there's still a long ways to go, so it's not quite that dramatic. And the Pelicans are still falling apart, so we'll see. But yeah, that's true. The Pelicans have not played well over. The and we'll, and you know, we don't know when Zion's going to be back either. So yeah, no man, the Lakers are just cooked, bro. That's it. It's done finito. They did such a good job to get back in the good graces of us NBA fans, and they completely and one LeBron foot effect. <laughs> Relying on the health of a 38 year old man in the NBA is hilarious, but. Oh, so no, you're not getting away with that, by the way, Eric. What is your conspiracy theory? Come on, spit them out. I think LeBron saw where his team was at in the standings. I think he knew that they weren't good enough to make a deep playoff run. And I think he said, okay, uh, we're not going to miss the playoffs. I need a banked an excuse for my legacy. I'm going to sit this one out. That's you, what I we're going to get put on a clutch sports watch list with that type of take, mm-hmm. Eric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this like, podcast, it's, it's, uh, we're uh, done. I mean, I don't 100% believe that, but at least 30% of my brain believes that. Like, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you what's going on upstairs right now. You wanted the theories, I, I'll give them to you. I, 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 I respect your commitment to being the number one LeBron James hater, Eric. That's absolutely true. I, I mean, he did, uh, if he, and if it comes out, but it wasn't that bad, and they were just resting him because he wanted to be rested. You'll never hear the end of it. He he quit on this team. Like, there's a chance he did. There's an absolute 100% chance that he did. So, you know. At, saying words like absolute and 100% about a conspiracy theory is hilarious. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I, appreciate, I appreciate the gimmick, man. I appreciate the gimmick. All right. Let's do some awards. Then let's do some predictions. Then let's get out of here. Player of the week for you guys. I feel like we're gonna be consensus here. It's gotta be Dame, right? I mean, it, it, the the team lost a bunch of games, so I don't know if I can give it to him. The seven seventy one's great, but um, I, don't I, I love Dame. He, he's been I the best player Dame. in the NBA this week. I love Dame. He is amazing. Uh, the poor, poor, poor tra- Trailblazers. My my player of the week personally was gonna be um Drew Holiday holding it down over the stretch when Giannis was out and injured and them going on their – keeping that 16-game win streak alive, man. They're, he is playing ridiculous ball out there with that team. And 
they're scary, man. They looking scary. Go ahead, Ethan, say it. We know you want Clay Thompson. Put him up there. Let's go. Bro, you read my mind. I was going to say Clay. <laughs> you read my mind. I was going to say Clay. I don't know. I mean, I feel like everybody's kind of there, there's lots of candidates. I mean, Giannis, the Bucks have been awesome. I think Dame should be in there. Warriors have been 3 0. The last couple of games, Clay Thompson's playing some of the best ball of his career, especially offensively. So, sure. Why not? Shout out my friend Travis for this award, the fuck fat guy of the week. I did want to bring this up because Aramis disagrees. But. John Morant just keeps on picking up negative headlines. Like, and and you could say, I'll, I'll give you the floor, Aramis, but like I read those reports and it's okay. Okay, the, the NBA in the first report with the laser pointer didn't find any evidence of a gun. But still, your, your boys are harassing like another pro NBA team in the tunnel. Like, it's a bad look. Like, and... Then you have a story come out that you're, like, beating up minors in the streets. Like, okay, who cares? Okay, sure, maybe it's not true. But, like, the fact that's coming out about you and that people believe it, I just feel like the dude needs to get his head on straight because he's one of the biggest NBA stars in the league right now. And the only thing that comes out about him is negative headlines. I mean, I just... So you want to give me the floor about this stuff? Okay. I, um, I, I, I want to see what Ethan thinks. I I, I don't know. Go ahead, go ahead, Ethan. Do, no, do Ethan, go ahead. Right. I, do you think it's totally misguided to say that John Morant kind of doesn't have his head screwed on straight right now? Like he's, he, like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's what, it's what definitely not a good about? look. This is um, two headlines like this in the span of a month. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there been a couple of, of things come out about Morant that are, are concerning. Uh, I mean, it, it's tough for me to be objective in this case because the Grizzlies and the Warriors have a history and I, I've developed a disdain for Morant over the past couple of years. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just hope that he, uh, for the sake of his career, I, I hope that he can figure some stuff out because, you know, the decision makes you just you cut your microphone off right at the end, player. Uh, I I just gonna say the decision making with him is is not always the best, from what we can tell. So some of this might be true, but it's definitely not a good look. That's all I'll say. Okay, so um, I agree with you, Eric, with one aspect. His name in headlines is a distraction, and it can be poor for the team. Do I think that uh, okay? So, well, at it's least two of the team, stories. Though. It's not the team. It's his brand. Like no, 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 he no. needs I meant to a distraction for the team. Right. That's what I meant. A distraction for the team. That is a big distraction for the team. And I think he should handle it. I think the team should handle it for him. But as far as his brand is concerned, the ins like <laughs> I feel like I'm his lawyer trying to defend him, bro. So like one of the incidents that happened was he, um, like you said. He beat up and pointed a gun at a um, 17-year-old. That's what the headlines are the saying. That's what's been alleged. That's what all that stuff was. I was like, you said you read the reports, or did you read just read one of them by chance? Which one were you able to catch? I read the I read the one uh, from the athletic on the team bus because yeah. uh, on the team bus, and that one 
that got blown a little bit out of proportion because I read the NBA report on that, which didn't find a gun, but the NBA sure. did investigate. Yeah. So fair. So they did also investigate this other one. What got me so heated about it was pretty much the headlines of how it was caught. I think uh, you should be free to call him out. And if he's being a distraction or being a poor sport or stuff, that's fine. Where my gripe was with like pointed a gun and all that and beat up and all this other stuff. So like what happened was the kid was not the 17 year old teenager was invited to his house for an open run. Threw a ball at him and squared up in his house to Ja Morant. If you're in somebody's house and you're going to look like you're going to fight somebody, you're going to start something, then whatever happens to you happens. And after you get beat up and leave, you yell at the owners of the house, I'm going to come back and light this place up like fireworks. And the owner of the house shows you his gun. You know what? I, I don't know, man. It just makes sense to me if you want to protect show like you got. Still, you're you an NBA. Do that bullshit. Don't do that bullshit. You're, you're an right. NBA you're right. No, no. star. You were an NBA All Star. You were like you cannot be flashing guns at people. You can. Hey, man. So if this is anybody else, like any, you're right. You are NBA person. You have a whole responsibility and all that stuff. But like, if you invite somebody to your home and they threaten you and all that stuff. That's NBA fun. players have a reason they just should not be able to do that or protect themselves or show they got something to protect themselves, anything like that. Or no, you're right. It's just bad because he has the money and he is what's going to lose the thing. Nike gave him his shoe knowing this incident happened. This was reported in the summertime. The NBA looked into it. The police looked into it and all this other stuff happened. The headline fucking sucks. The headline is not the full story. The headline is just what everybody's going to see. So unless people are going to actually read and shit like that, it don't matter. But fuck it. Nobody reads. Nobody cares. Still, you don't have to. You don't have Even... to show a gun at somebody who said they're going to shoot up your house, Eric? Yeah, you don't have to do that. Uh, uh, hey, we don't know all the facts of the story. From what I can see... It looks like the kid threw a ball at Morant and then Morant mm -hmm. and his guys retaliated. I, I'm not sure that there was a threat from the teenager to Jaw from what the article that I saw. So um, in the Washington Post article, there were people who were there at the incident at his house, multiple people saying that the kid did square up to him. That's in the same article. That's all I added to it. My bad, man. So, and then, I mean, the other situation is that there was something at the mall where, like, his mom got into an altercation with a cashier, and then Morant brings, like, seven of his friends to come and, like, ask in what time the guy gets off so that they can go beat him up. That's what's reported. So. That's, uh, again, another an like extremely bad look. For <laughs> like, an I get it, like, defend hey, your man. mom, whatever. Boy, but, some people like, going to say something about my mama. Man, I don't know, bro. It's gonna be something. Uh, it just seems like he's doing a little too much there. That's all I'm gonna say. He, he okay. you're an NBA player. You gotta keep your head on straight a little. Fine, bit. send your boys. But there is no reason you, as John Morant, should be walking into that store. Like, there's Man, it's my mama. Uh, uh, there's, there's just no reason. Uh, it's man. his mama, fam. I don't know what else you want. He's not gonna just send his boys. If he, if he comes like. It's, it's interesting to me. If they some of these players, some of these people come from certain backgrounds, you expect them to change on a dime just because they got millions of dollars. They should, but that shit usually never happens. It's usually an adjustment period. Homeboy's 23, 
Think about all the dumb shit you or me did at 23 without the money or the or a poor backup possibility or shit like that. It's people be there are people out here that be acting crazy and Giannis isn't doing what this though. Like you're right, bro. You're right. Giannis isn't doing this. This ain't Giannis. This is Ja who grew up in a different spot, who grew up in America with guns and all this other shit. Talking about some that's fine. So the specific culture homeboy might have been raised up in, and he might actually be about some shit. I don't think he is. I just, I just, I don't know. I just don't disagree with some of the stuff that's been going. I think a fuller picture is better off, even if you're gonna condemn him about the stuff. I feel free. It's fine for you to condemn him and say, "Nah, that's fucking stupid." I give you that grace. I don't think he should be in articles, just like you guys in headlines, just like you guys. I contend with the just the. Like one-sided nature of the articles instead of giving both sides. That's all I can say, though. That's my that's my biggest pet peeve, dog. That's fair. That's a fair argument. All right, let's move on. Team of the week, uh, meaning what team are you most excited to watch this this upcoming week in the NBA? I'll I'll start with you, Ethan. That's a tough one. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go. I think the easy answer is the Suns to see how KD looks. Uh, but we've talked about them, so I'll leave that there. Let me go with the New York Knicks on a mm. seven-game win streak. Jalen Brunson's playing great. Yeah, um, I think this team has the potential to pull off a first-round upset. Um, th- they've been looking pretty good lately. I-, I like the way that they've been moving. So I'll-, I'll go with the Knicks. I'll see if they can keep this going. Aramis? I am going to be a basic bitch. My team of the week to watch is going to be the Phoenix Suns. I'm sorry, Eric. I'm really excited for that Golden State matchup, especially if uh, especially if um, Steph's going to be back, if that's supposed to be his comeback team. That's another team I'd say I'll be keenly interested in to see how they go because this is a – this is the time. This is the perfect time for Katie to be healthy and getting back, and Steph to be healthy and getting back. This is uh, playoffs coming right up, and this is when teams start heating up. I mean, the Bucks are heating up, and it, they are the number one seed in the in the East now. So it's right time, right place. This is when the show really gets started. I'm gonna go with a team that I just need to watch because I haven't watched them much this year, and they're up there in the West Coast standings. Like, I, I got to see what's up with the Sacramento Kings. Like, I just, I do not really understand the Sacramento Kings. I'll be honest. I have not watched a single Sacramento Kings game this entire season. I missed that Clippers-Kings, like. Game of the to- year. Total, game of the year. Total shootout the other night. They play each other again, by the way, tomorrow. So that feels like a game I will be tuning into on League Pass, potentially. I just let me just throw that out there. Like, just give me, give me both of y'all's scouting reports right now on the Sacramento Kings. I'll start with you, Ethan. The Kings. I mean, you mentioned that game last week that that double overtime shootout. To me, that is a game that Kings fans will look back at, remember as like the start of something special with this team because they've had a good season. I think they're legitimately a really really good team. Mike Brown, you know, I love the guy. He was a coach of the Warriors for a long time. I think he was integral to what they were doing during the dynasty years. And I think he's been awesome with with the Kings this year. 
um, they, they've really grown up. You know, I think that De'Aaron Fox is playing at an all-star level, obviously made the all-star team. Um, you've got a lot of depth pieces, you know, Sabona's playing awesome. Kevin Herter was a great pickup. They're, they're just playing with mojo. They're playing with vibes right now. Um, the team can score in all sorts of different ways. You know, they're not the most awesome defensively, but they compete. Um, and, you know, I, I just think the vibes are really good in Sacramento. They're ready to end this playoff drought. And, you know, everybody wants to angle the, in the West to match up with them in the first round. They're perceived as the weakest, you know, team in the top four or whatever. You can think that that's fine. You might be right. But nobody should be taking the Kings lightly when it comes to the playoffs because I think they're legitimately good and they're playing with a lot of, of swag and emotion right now. So that's what I'll go with. Okay. Harris? No doubt. No doubt. They are they are a fun, scrappy team to go check out, man. I think the thing, the real thing that changed their fortunes was the beam when they put that up and now everybody has a reason to go crazy after wins and whatnot. Uh, this is kind of the – culture that they were looking to build when they invested their pick in De'Aaron Fox and brought him in and empowered him to be the top player for their franchise. I mean, everybody thought, I, even me at the time, like, man, I thought they should have probably kept Halliburton and see what they could have done with these guards, but trading him for Sabonis. Sabonis is a perfect fit for them. Uh, building what they had, bringing them a league month from the Lakers, who Shout out to the Kentucky Connection over there in Sacktown, man. They're just they they're bringing a lot of good vibes, and they're bringing a lot of the right type of players in that want to succeed, that want to win, that want to build something special, and they're doing it, man. So kudos to them. You'll love America, I'm telling you. Okay. I, I definitely do want to check out what they do over the next few weeks. I have one just for you guys, but the crew basketball sickos. Uh, whoa. That's weird of a week. What's the weirdest thing happening in the NBA right now? I'll start with you, Aramis. The weirdest thing happening in the NBA this week. <laughs> Man. Seeing Katie in the world and the Celtics Sun uniform. I don't know. I don't know. Um the weirdest thing in the NBA, man. I don't know, Ethan, what is – I don't know, Let, man. Ethan, uh, okay, know, this is know. this is only for the true sickos right here because I have a weird one. Yes, please. Um, Will Barton signing with the Toronto Raptors. Um, his buyout was not unexpected. I, I expected him to go to a true contender. Um, the Raptors, I guess they needed depth at, like, the wing spots, but I'm not sure why he would choose to sign there. If I'm Will Barton – you know, I would expect that a, a, you know, a truly good team would be interested. Uh, I'm a little surprised that he went there. That's, that's my very weird thing. All right. That does sound kind of weird. All right. Maybe we'll scrap oh. that, that better word next week. No, it, no, 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 man. I got one. I got one. I got one for you. Hold on one second. Here we I go. I got one. What's I was going to pull research. out. No, 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 I was doing research. This is a, it's not it's not nothing basketball crazy, but like my boy Napoleon James Banchero in Orlando, that's his middle name. That's his middle name. Paolo Napoleon James Banchero. That that goes hard, honestly. That yeah, goes that, pretty hard. That goes pretty hard, no lie. It, 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 does, it does seem nice. Uh look at that. Golden State Tied it up, baby. Let's go. Up. Okay. Things are looking interesting. All right. This one's run a little bit long, but let's just run through some predictions. We can talk about how we're feeling about some of these teams that we haven't gotten to yet. 
I do have a bunch of games this weekend. Great NBA slate this weekend, by the way, from Friday to Sunday. Really good games. We'll start with Trailblazers Hawks. Trey Young, Quinn Snyder's second game coaching. They lose the first one to the Wizards. How do we feel like this one plays out? Do we see another crazy Dame night? This feels like just a good uh, a good matchup between two really good point guards. We'll, we'll see if Dame – I mean, I assume they'll stick DeJounte Murray on him because Trey Young is legitimately the worst defender in the league. I, I would love to see Trey Young on Dame for 48 minutes. He can maybe go for 90. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, – Despite that, though, I think Atlanta's a little bit better right now. Um, the Blazers have kind of been scuffling. They're not good on the road. So I, I think the Hawks will probably win, assuming that, you know, DeJounte Murray can kind of limit what Dame's going to do. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league. So, you know, nice challenge for him, but we'll see. Yeah, no doubt, man. I thought I was supposed to be the training hater of the podcast, but kudos to you, Ethan. Um, no, the, the Hawks should win. They're playing 500 balls. Uh, God bless Damian Lillard. Hopefully he can go off and crack off, especially if Murray tries to tap him on the head. That Let's see what happens if that happens. But, like, no, the Hawks should get it up. I'm hoping that there's a little bit more that Quinn Snyder feels, some more some more passing the ball around, some more zippity-doo-dows, all that good stuff, you know? All right. Knicks, Heat. Knicks obviously on this hot run right now. This feels like a good test for the Heat to see where they're at right now. I know we mentioned that they've been struggling lately. I actually kind of like how they played over the past week. They've been in really close games. Uh, how how are we feeling about this one, Aramis? Um, Jimmy Butler's gonna drop seventy two points this game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he this is gonna be a tight close matchup, man. This is this might be a this might be a stinker offensively speaking. Knowing how much Tibbs loves defense, and of course the Miami has a hole just hiding their head on defense. On, but I'm gonna go with the Miami Heat in another close game because that's what they want to do. They want to grind it out against teams. I I think um, when a team has won like more than five or six games in a row, I, you just pick them to keep winning until they eventually lose a game. That's where I'm at with the Knicks right now. Uh, they've got seven in a row. They've been playing great. I think they're gonna keep it going. Ethan, please name me non-Jalen Brunson players, the three most other important players on the New York Knicks. Uh, I think you got to go with Julius Randle. I know people are kind of up and down on him. He's had a good year, though. Um, I'll throw out Josh Hart as a very impactful acquisition at the deadline. I'm not sure why Portland traded him, I guess, because they didn't want to pay him this summer. But, I, I you know, I just really like him. Um, glue guy kind of holds everything together. Um, and then for the last guy, I don't know. I mean, Mitchell Robinson's missed some games, but, uh, you know, he, he's a really, really good center when he's healthy. So I'll throw him out there. Okay. Clippers, Kings for rematch. Ethan, how are we feeling about this one? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to be a back-to-back for LA. That game is in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, back-to-back for the Clippers on the road. I think the Kings are going to be able to win. Clippers are a veteran team. They'll probably be tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aramis? Um, Kings should King should win the game. They should pull it out. Um, I'm hoping it gets maybe a little spicy, um, especially after Monk and Fox then said, we don't give a, give a F, don't give a fuck who we see out here. Um, don't care about no Russell Westbrook, don't care about nobody. So I think it'll hopefully be another fun game, but Kings should take that one. 
Grizzlies Nuggets. I do have some thoughts on this one. I think this is a really good test for both teams. I know the Nuggets are playing really, really well right now, but I do think the Grizzlies play a style of basketball that kind of takes away what the Nuggets are doing. Sneaky, who's had a really good past like three weeks at this point now, Michael Porter Jr. is just a contributor. Like he's gotten to the point where I think people thought he might be when he came out of a draft. Like he, he's not the number one option, obviously, with Jokic and, and Marie Bear, but he's a fine number three guy. And I think he's playing really well right now. That said, I kind of think the Grizzlies win this game. Ethan? Uh, that one's in Denver. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I'm interested to see, I mean, these are the top two teams in the West seating wise. I believe they played last Saturday and the Grizzlies like blew them out of the water. If I'm not mistaken. Um, Memphis, like it, it's interesting to me. They've kind of been pretty subpar without Steven Adams out there. Cause he's dealing with an injury right now. Um, and he's kind of a big part of what they do sneaky enough. Um, so I think I'll go with Denver to win this game. I mean, you're right. It's a good test for both sides to kind of see where they're at. Um, but the Nuggets, you know, we know they have a good home court advantage with the altitude and everything. So I think I'll go with them. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Aramis. No, no, no. Man. Yeah. I, I get it. You don't want me to talk about the Grizzlies. Man. I'll keep it quick. Um, no, man, I think I'm going to go with the Grizzlies, man. Jazz has got to keep his sights set on the goal. And I don't know. I was trying to – no, never mind, never mind, never mind. Um, I'm going Grizzly, man. They play too fast for the Nuggets. It's going to be rough. Um, Does Jaron Jackson Jr., is he going to try to match up with Jokic? And is are they going to play the same position defensively-wise, maybe to fill up his kind of – I, I, like I assume he'll be patrolling the paint a little bit. But, I mean, you can't really guard Jokic one-on-one just because of his passing ability. So they're going to need everybody to kind of be on on their best. No doubt about that, man. No doubt. Okay. All right. Weird one to throw in. The Jazz Thunder. Thunder without SGA. Weird looking Thunder side when she doesn't play. Uh, Jazz without Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton likely. Who do we feel like wins this one? I kind of like the Jazz to maybe bounce back and win one game here before they face a kind of tough stretch. I, I mean, the Thunder have been scuffling, and it's all because they don't have SGA right now. If he can get back, I mean, I think he's in health and safety right now. I believe he has COVID-19. So if he can get back, maybe. Um, but without him, the team is is not very good at all. So I think you're right. I think the Jazz can pull off a victory, assuming that Shea does not play. Yeah, man. I, I had, to be honest with you, I had no idea. I thought the Lakers were just going to keep losing. Then I look up that score. I looked up some of the highlights for the Thunder Lakers. Like, yeah, let's see it. SGA probably going to cook them up. I wonder how the Lakers won. It's like, oh, that's how they won. There was nobody on that team. Right? Just, it is bad basketball when, home, when they don't have their top guy out there. So your Yazers, Eric, probably should take this one. All right. Sixers, Bucks, another potential NBA playoff preview i kind i like the bucks still here i mean they, they've won 16 in a row why not why not just keep winning Ethan? yep i mean that that's you put it perfectly i talked about it with the knicks once you win enough games in a row 
they're going to keep winning until they don't. <laughs> but, you know, it's as simple as that. Milwaukee just playing great basketball. Obviously, they're going to lose at some point. But uh, And this is a good matchup. You know, it very well could happen here. I just it, – it's so impossible to pick against a team that's won 16 in a row. They're, they're going to lose at one point. It ain't going to be for the Sixers. So, Bucks and five. That's all I got to say. All right, this one I'm kind of looking forward to. T-Wolves, Kings. I think I'll take the Timberwolves, actually. They've been playing pretty good recently. I mean, I think we're pretty close to getting Carl Anthony Towns back. Haven't heard a ton on his injury. He's been out since, like, November. Like, it's been a good chunk of the season that he's missed. Um, Maybe getting him back, we can kind of see the vision of the team because they haven't, like, looks like they've really gelled everything together um, since the Gobert move. So maybe you get Cat in there, it kind of changes things. So that could potentially be this game. And and if it happens, I think they could win. Uh, without him, though, I'll, I'll take Sacramento. Oh. oh, man, I'll go ahead and take the – it goes against everything I believe in. It kind of feels gross, you guys, but I'm going to go ahead and take the – uh, Timberwolves. Uh, I'm I'm pulling for them. I hope they went out. I've been impressed with what Anthony Edwards has been able to do for them, man. So if you are right and if homeboy is able to come back, more power to them. I hope they can keep building on whatever they got going on there. I'm but I'm just I don't I, I don't like it, but I'm going for the Timberwolves, man. That's all. Suns, Mavericks. Pretty big game. KD, Kyrie, ABC primetime. I'll take the Suns, though. I, I do think – I do wonder how high scoring this is going to be, though. Do you think we see this get to, like, both teams in the 130-ish range? I'll put that question on the table. No, it probably shoot, man. With the way that – with the way – the Mavs have to play that way to be in – games and try they have to try to score outscore people so that's gonna be that's gonna be a thing for them the Suns they're they should be more defensively competent by probably compared to the Mavs by a lot but it should be a high scoring game I'll still go with the Suns I think KD and D book are gonna just put on a show yeah I'm gonna have to echo that I mean I'm interested to see Kyrie versus KD for the first time you know in a couple of years um that'll be a narrative monster right there so yeah, just gonna sit back with some popcorn and watch the game. That'll be. Are you two? Are you two gonna be okay when they hug on the court in front of everybody? Are y'all <laughs> gonna be okay with that? Of course. Why wouldn't I be? They're buddies. I know let you. Them, let them hug it out. Okay. I believe you, Ethan, Eric. <laughs> I'd I'd like it better if they hated each other. That's just <laughs> that's just a fact. I mean, I want these guys. I I want there to be bad blood between them, pretty bad. Like like, but. Every, like I said earlier, like I said on a on a podcast recently with you guys, it does seem like Kyrie has this weird voodoo magic where like every NBA player just loves him. So I would imagine there will be handshakes and daps and hugs at, at the end. So, uh, Celtics Knicks. Okay, so do the Knicks? Does the win streak stop here? That's a big one. That's one I'm excited to watch. Jason Tatum, by the way, 40 again last night. That's the 20th 40-point game of his career. Pretty insane. Uh, how, how are we feeling about this one? I am really excited for this one. I know there are some big games that we've talked about here, but this is the one I'm most excited to watch. 
I I think like you know the past couple of seasons it seems to me like the Knicks have you know more than a lot of other teams played the Celtics pretty close um seems like they you know this is kind of a rivalry right it's you know back east you know uh type of deal so you know I think we could see the Knicks continue continue the streak I I you know they've been playing well um seems like they have the personnel to kind of potentially slow Tatum down you stick Josh Hart on on him for the whole time I think it could work out pretty okay yeah, man. Um, the Knicks, like y'all said, the Knicks have been killing it this season. I gotta give them credit too. They're another one of my disliked franchises, but they've been playing good. They've been kicking ass. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm just gonna rock with the Celtics. I think they are gonna be able to slow Tatum down and all that stuff. But I think Jalen Brown's back. Yeah, he's is he back from his little go away yeah. that he was on? Yeah, yeah, he's back. He's wearing a mask, yeah. I think. Still, yeah, it's a sick yeah. mask, by the way. He looks awesome. <laughs> all right, so yeah, I'm just gonna rock with. So I think they're. Too good of a team, too tight of a team, too big of a problem to handle for the for the Knicks. But God bless them for trying. That's all right. That's it. All right, I had to put one uh, Warriors game on here. Golden State Lakers. We'll we'll wrap up here while we were talking. After after Ethan was like, "Oh man, Jordan Pulley's taking all these weird heat tech threes. Oh well, would you look? At that? He for had three, the takeover badge, bro. He just three, scored like twelve in a row." Quarters. Uh, he's yeah. now got 31 points and it looks like we're on our way to seeing uh, a 40 point night from Jordan Poole. So that's pretty cool. My question is this, I think we all think the, the Warriors win, especially if Steph comes back, yeah. how many points does Steph have? Let's just have some guesses for the chat. I, I assume that he will be on some sort of minutes restriction. So maybe not crazy amount i'll go 25 points for mr curry and his return i'm gonna go a nice solid 20 a nice efficient 20 not playing too much not playing too much but scurrying around getting open shots getting the feel back for the game I'll and go in, you know I'll if go they, sorry if they can pull off the the win tonight and they have a game against the pelicans tomorrow we'll see they could be on like a five game winning streak going into that game so mm-hmm. vibes are back baby they're back <laughs> <laughs> I'll go middle of a road there and, and say uh, 23. All right, guys. I know this went long. I uh, I appreciate you guys hanging with me. Uh, I would imagine no podcast next week feels like a good week because Ethan's on spring break. Don't want to make Ethan podcast over spring break. Uh, so let's just get back together the week of the 13th. And probably, I kind of like recording on Thursday because it gives us a chance to, it's like a nice little break up between like the weekend games and the weekday games. So next, uh, that Thursday, the 16th, I'll obviously send a reminder sometime next week, but plan on uh, podcasting again. And I'll I'll see you guys then. Thanks so much for joining me. All right, I'm done. All right. We will see you all next time on the casual on the dialogues. Enzo Podcast back on Sunday. Till then, we will see you next time. Peace out.